we want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. A lot of words in the Bible uh, that explain worship, and the most used one is praise. It doesn't hardly ever say worship. It says praise. And um, I'm going to ask you to... uh, get on your knees or sit down in your chair, and we're going to do some uh, praising. Well, what's the difference between praise and worship? I don't know, really, but um, I do know the Bible talks about how when people praised him, that things happened. I know that um, Cynthia, uh, my wife, is with the young, older kids today, and they're talking about Paul and Silas when they went into the jail. It's also about worship. They're talking about how it was the worst time, could have been kind of the worst, darkest, scariest moments, but God didn't give them a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And instead of whining about it or crying about it, they uh, worshiped. They actually praised. And as they praised, we were, we were talking about the story, and I said, it almost sounds like a fake story because it's so perfect to teach a kid that actually when they praised, their chains broke off, and the doors of the prison opened up, and everybody else, all the sinful prisoners, their doors opened too because of their praise. Uh-oh, are you going to tell me to praise and I'm going to get embarrassed because the person next to me is going to hear me? Oh, I... I I don't know. I, it, yeah, you could get embarrassed. And so you just stay quiet. You, you do what you need to do. You don't need to yell really loud. Although I like to yell when I worship. There was these people sitting next to me and I said, I'm sorry, but I sing really loud. and I'm not a good singer. But the louder I sing, sometimes I feel like I touch heaven with my worship. So I want you to close your eyes and get comfortable. I would encourage you either to get on your knees or sit on your seat. But do something of a sacrifice of praise. We're going to talk about how Romans 12 once says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. We don't get that anymore. We don't get it. We say present your bodies as a comfortable uh, seat warmer <laughs> at Sunday service. We present your bodies uh, a relaxed and drinking your coffee, although I drink coffee during worship. Uh, he says present your body as a sacrifice. Would you just present yourself to Jesus. It's not to me. It's not to the person next to you. It's not even for yourself. It's for Jesus. You tell him you deserve my praise. I worship you, Jesus. I exalt you right now. Would you just say just some words? Maybe I love you. I praise you. I give you uh, my highest praise. I exalt you. I I don't have a a big vocabulary. That's what I say. Do something else. I magnify you. And we're going to help you in a minute. We're going to sing this part of the song that says hallelujah, which is just a word that means um, I worship you, Jesus. It's a word they used back in the Old Testament. If we're going to, uh, yeah, I'll just stop there. Lord, we love you today. We worship you today. We sing a new song to you today. You are worthy. You are awesome. We give you our highest praise. We take our, our, our eyes off ourselves. We dethrone ourselves from the throne. We put you in the place that you deserve in our hearts. For you uh, deserve our priority. You deserve to be number one. You deserve to be magnified. Not our problems, but you. But you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Let's sing that together from your hearts. And we will sing out hallelujah. We do business in the spiritual realm. The devil doesn't like it when we worship Jesus because he's not worshipped when we worship Jesus. Our flesh is not worshipped when we worship Jesus. So we give you praise. We give you praise. We ask for chains to be broken today. We ask for prison doors to be opened today. Lord, we ask for darkness to be removed today. Lord, we ask for light to be shown today. Hallelujah. We exalt you, Jesus. I pray for each individual person that feels if there's something holding them back 
from whatever you have for them, that you would release them. Release them from their fear. Release them from their insecurities. Release them from their uh, worries. Release them from their sickness. In Jesus' name. We love you, Jesus. We worship you. There is something about the name of Jesus. Something about the name of Jesus. We're not, we're almost finished, but that's, let's, don't, don't give up. Take a moment, you break through. You say, Jesus, I break through. I need to take my, my mind off my flesh and put my mind on you. Let my spirit worship you in spirit. Let myself worship you in spirit and in truth. Let me not go through motions today. Let me not do business as usual with you today, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, shout it. Shout it. Shout it. Go on, go on and scream it from the mountains. Go on and tell it to the masses. Oh, that you are God. You are God. You are God. Come on now. Let's worship. Let's worship. Let's praise. Let's praise. Let's break the ceiling. Let's break the ceiling of our depression, of our worries, whatever they are. Break that ceiling. Break it. Break it, God. Break it, Jesus. Break it, Jesus. Come on. God, you are God. You are God. You are God. You are God. Thomas, will you move this? See if you're stronger than me. If you feel uncomfortable today you're a believer that's been a believer for a long time, then that's okay. If you're a new believer and you feel uncomfortable, just relax. I know my, I remember my mom would say to me, I would say, I don't want to sing. And she would say, just watch, just watch me. And I watched her. <laughs> and I watched Mary Ellen and I watched John. It just brings it all back. I watched you worship Jesus. And I learned to worship Jesus by watching others. And then I realized this is not just going through motions. I'm sensing God's presence in my life. I'm seven years old and I'm sensing God's presence. And it usually didn't happen on a Sunday morning. It happened on a Sunday night or it happened on a Wednesday night or a Tuesday night. But there's nothing wrong with, uh, there's nothing that says that God can't move on a Sunday morning. It's just that we don't take the time to give him place in our lives. We don't take the time to acknowledge that we are not just a nice little, I don't know what those little boats are called. Are they, is there a little boat called like a dinghy or like a, is there a dinghy? We're not, yeah, I could say that. We're not little, we're, we're battleships. And we come in here sometimes like we're just chilling on a Sunday on a hot summer day, just me and my friend. And yeah, if you know that song, you, we just feel like we're just chilling. We, we, you might as well be out fishing then if you want to just chill. And yes, you can chill here, especially if you're new to Jesus, just chill. But he wants to speak to you. 
And I don't know if that analogy breaks down because I think it should be just as enjoyable here to chill like as it would be sitting out on a boat. But we're battleships and God's got purpose for you. He's the commander and he's speaking to your speaker on your battleship and you have it turned down. And you're saying, I wish I knew what to do. I wish I knew how to get out of this, this addiction. I wish I knew how to get rid of my depression. I wish I had my family in order. I wish my kids would listen to me. I wish my wife would listen to me. I wish my boss would uh, acknowledge that I'm doing a good job. And just turn it up a little bit. Put it in your earphones and you'll hear God speak to you. And he'll give you very specific directions for your ship. And the, and the enemy won't be able to sink your battleship. I don't know if you've seen the picture of, uh, or you know that's that game. You can't see the, the uh, other person and you, and you just guess. The devil's guessing like, okay, where can I get him right now? Although he's a little bit smarter. Sometimes he cheats and he looks over the top. Does everybody know what battleship is? Everyone over 12, you know. He looks over the top and then he says, oh, that's where I'm going to get him. I know he hates it when it gets hot in this room. So I'm going to make it really hot. I know, he, I know that she is bothered when, uh, when she's busy. So I'll make her busy. If I can make her busy, then I can, get, I can get, a, get a hold of her. I can take away her peace. No Jesus, no peace. If I could just cause them to argue, then oh, I got them. If I could get them worried about their finances, be free. Hit. And God says to you today, uh, um, it's not a game. I know it's a much more serious, but any guess that the devil has or any specific uh, thing that he cheats about, he doesn't win when you have the blood of Jesus covering you. Tonight we're going to be receiving communion to remember what Jesus did on the cross for us at our night of worship. But Jesus protects us. But we don't, we don't, uh, we don't uh, pull that card that, oh, I got the Jesus authority card devil you can't you can't attack me because i know who i am in christ jesus i am able to conquer i am able to pull down strongholds i can do things that the devil was is afraid of yet we're we're afraid of him and um if you're here today and we broke through just a little we didn't you know all of us have Many of us have been places, been in times in worship where you uh, feel like you're in heaven. <laughs> you're touching the heart of God. And I wouldn't say that we're all, all the way there, but we, I sense God's presence in this room. Who senses presence, God's presence? Now the camera's in the back so I can walk as far as I want until everybody says amen. You feel God's presence in this place. If you don't, it's okay. But, um, but he's here. And, and the more you are attuned and the more you listen, you sense him more than other times. And his presence is here. And you might have uh, a Paul and Silas moment. You're in a prison. You got your, you're in stocks. Uh, you're, you, you can't move. You feel like the prison door is closed. I tell you today, my sister, my brother, more uh, confidently than I can say anything, praise will break that. And, and if you're not ready to praise, my praise will break that for you. In fact, what I've already done has broken that for you. Probably whatever Juanita did in her worship time broke it for you too, especially if you're close to her right there. Nidia, if you need something, you're in the right spot. If you're here and you uh, want to be released from a bondage, released from uh, a depression, released from a nervousness, a worry, um, a fear. Um, I don't know how to do this. Do I tell you to stand or do I tell you to? I saw a picture of you coming here to the front. That doesn't mean he can't fix the problem. He didn't already fix it. But some of you need to acknowledge, oh, maybe he did. Did he fix it for me? I take the step and I hope you're fixing it in my life. And as you walk, he's going to fix it in you. Just stand right here. There might be three of you. There might be 13 of you. But you can spread out if you feel uncomfortable to come up. Then do it from your seat. God will, God will see. Just stand right up and come here. I'm not going to pray in your face or anything. Don't worry. I'll stand back. All right? We are going to pray for you, though. 
I need someone that's going to pray a really powerful prayer of authority in Christ. And it doesn't have to be specific. You just say, thank you for breaking the bondages. Thank you for opening the prison doors today in these lives. And um, that's going to be someone that's going to pray that. And I'll wait for you. Is there anyone else that wants to uh, come up as well? You can stand over here. Well, I don't need to come up. Yeah, you don't. But I feel, I, I sense that this will be a powerful breaking for you. You probably already sense it, my sister, and I don't have the time to take for this right now. But I'm going to take it just for a minute. You already sense his breaking. I sense it in you. I see the spiritual realm. We don't see it, but he sees you. Sorry, I'll stand back. He, you're already breaking. He's already fixing it. He's fixing it. He's already done it. It is finished on the cross. My sister, it's happening in you as well. Can some people that feel like you don't have to pray anything out loud, but just prophesy in, in your secret place, uh, just put your hand on their back, and that's supporting them. I want everyone to have a hand on their back. And then who's the one that's going to pray? He's going to break it in you, my, my friends. He's going to break it. He's going to open those prisons. You're going to see freedom like you've never seen before. My sister, it's good to have you back. And you didn't have to come back for this, but you're going to sense them. You're going to sense them right now. Hallelujah. I'm going to speak in tongues. And sometimes you don't, you're not supposed to speak in tongues to encourage anyone in the room. I'm not encouraging you. I'm just praying because I don't know what else to pray. It's my spiritual language with God. And I'm not trying to uh, impress you. or I'm not trying to speak to you. I'm talking to God. I could do some warfare with you, my brother. Thank you for coming up and thank you for being obedient because God wants to break it once and for all. In Jesus' name. I don't think you've ever heard me talk like that, but in Jesus' name, he's going to break it, my brother. He's going to break it in you. I am so angry at the devil for what he tries to do in people. You have no place, no place, devil, in Jesus' name. You have no place in my brother Jay. He, has a, he is a mighty warrior for you, mighty to pull down strongholds in Jesus' name. And we expect it. We don't need anything. We don't need a wind. We don't need a fire. We just need you to touch him in Jesus' name. Come on, come on. I want you all to pray for this man right here. You're like, don't single me out. Well, God wants to single you out. Lord, we want to see uh, the miraculous things. Today, we're going to talk about consecrating ourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among us. Once and for all, my brother. Once and for all. All of those things. All of those things. And you know what they are, and so do I. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing it. Sing hallelujah. As we sing, although it's already done, but as we sing, let's just expect more breaking in the spiritual realm. More breaking. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We gotta, we gotta move on. But would you pray for these folks? Would you pray for these folks? Pray for yourself. Say, God, break it. God, break it in me. Break it, Jesus. Open those prison doors. Let her feel freedom like she's never experienced before. Let her feel like she's never experienced. Just receive it. It's love. You don't earn it. Receive it. Receive his grace. Receive his grace. Receive his love. You don't earn it. There's nothing that you earn. It's there. Do you sense him? That's the presence of God. Receive it. Say, I receive you. Speak with your mouth. I receive it, Jesus. I receive everything you have for me. Maybe you came up for something else, but he wants to give you grace, my sister. He wants to give you love, my sister. Minister to this one in Jesus' name. Minister, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I don't know if you, both of you come up here. Minister. Seems a little weird, I know. Seems a little weird. But God is real, my sister. God is real, my brother. You've never seen what he can do. You never you have no idea what he can do when you give him your place, when you give him place. You sense him right now, I see it on you. And I'm not trying to manipulate. I'm not trying to maneuver. You see him, I see his presence on you, my brother. You haven't felt that before. That's God's presence. That's God's presence, my sister. Say, I receive you. I receive everything you have for me. It's not a big theological thing. Just say, I receive. I receive your forgiveness more than I have before. I receive your love. I, I, won't, I won't take this regret anymore. I won't take this guilt, this shame. 
that the past is the past. In Jesus' name. Oh, I wish I had time to. Oh, come on, everybody together. Everybody sing together. You can take your hands off them. Let's all worship. Just for three minutes. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Let's worship Jesus. Worship Him. Worship Him. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. I will praise you in spite. I will praise you no matter. I will praise you. For you are worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may go back to your seats. Go back to your seats. Hallelujah. One more time. Hallelujah. One more time. We will. We will sing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We will cry. You can stay, and you guys can be dismissed. Tonight, we're going to continue this, uh, calling it a night of worship, and I hope you can be here. I know it's uh, inconvenient for some of you, but even if it is inconvenient, if you can take the time to get out here, it sounds way, they'll come better if you play while I'm saying this. See? If you can get out here, get out here, because God wants to do business in your life. We're also having dinner. Juanita's cooking. It's going to be a lovely time together. We're going to receive the offering, and we're going to continue with our time. Can together. I add to that real quick? Yes. It's kind of, I don't want to take away from this. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it plays in perfectly with what the direction pastor's taking us in. It's just this, this, this power and this authority that our God has yes. to, to tear down those strongholds. Yes. And, and I saw something on, on TikTok, if you believe it, of all places. And it was this guy talking about, our prayers and we can relate it to our praise too and he was saying when, when we when we pray weak prayers we see our God as a weak God mm-hmm. you know when we when we only spend five minutes in prayer or, or praise we, we view our God as just a five-minute God and he said but when we view when we pray and, and when we praise our God that he is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings that he is the one that just speaks and people are healed, that he's the one that raises dry bones, that he's the one that breaks those addictions, that he, he heals that depression, yes. that, that sickness, yes. that, that disease, that mm-hmm. just whatever it might be, that he just mm-hmm. has to say a word and he does that. When we pray and when we praise like that, mm-hmm. that is how we see our God. Yes. And I just want to encourage you guys in that just this morning as we go and even into tonight, that, that that's how we approach our God and our, our situations that that when we pray that it's not just a, oh God if you will it's like no Lord you are the God who who opens barren wombs you are the God that that heals anything and everything and you know I remember uh, I was watching a movie I don't know when but there's this these two kids were talking and these two boys and the boy one of them says you know like well my dad can beat up your dad and I just remember growing up, because my dad, he's, he's a bigger guy. And like to this day, I get a lot of people like, man, your dad, he's just, he's intimidating. And um, I remember growing up, going into rooms and looking at all the different men and be like, yeah, my dad can beat up that guy. Yeah, he can, he can beat up that guy. Like, <laughs> he could. That yeah. one might give him a run for his money, but I think he'll come out on top on that one. And mm-hmm. Do you view God that way? That our Heavenly Father, it doesn't matter what room you walk into. It doesn't matter what situation you walk into. That our God, He is going to win. He has the power and the authority that it doesn't matter what it is. He is going to take care of it and He's going to do business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So ushers, (laughs) if you want to come forward. Um, again, I don't want to take away from that. So I just want to pray over the offering. We're going to pass the buckets around. Uh, if you're like me and my wife, we always forget our checks at home. So um, the online giving option is perfect for us. You just go online and just it's a click of a button. So Lord, I just thank you for 
your power and your authority, God. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that when you speak, creation takes place, that life blooms, God. Hold on. They're praying. So, Lord, I just <laughs> thank you and I praise you, God, in your name. Amen. Amen. He's praying. You're praying to make it multiply as they give it there. They give it to you. Thank you, my brother. In the 1500s, um, I don't like, I'm not going to go into history too much, but they, they started building warships, and warships were made of wood, and they had makeshift, um, like, gun ports. They put a little hole, and they'd put the gun out, out, out it, and shoot the enemy. And um, they didn't have long-range torpedoes. They didn't use radar. They didn't have warplanes. Um, nowadays, the naval ships uh, do other things besides just attack. They, they hold other airplanes. I'll stop there because I don't know all that. But I do know that they were more important back in the day. And before the radar, before the torpedoes, the way that they would take, take over a ship was uh, they would go up to, well, let me just say, there was a Greek, Greek port that was going to get taken over. It was a famous battle. And these folks said, let's get in our battleship. Uh, I don't think they called it a battleship at the time, but for our sake, let's get in our warship. Let's go out and let's stop them. And as they went out there, what they do is they get really close. They throw their mooring ropes and they tie them tight so that the other ship can't get away. And then they jump in and like take them over, right? And they, and they shoot their guns, and their guns didn't reach very far at the time, and so that's the way they did it. Um, this particular time, this group uh, started to come in, and they sent out a warship, and they said, we got to catch them before they get into the canal, and they went out and met them. They threw their mooring ropes, they tied them tight, and they got ready to shoot, and they realized they forgot their ammunition. Um, similar to us, everybody say Preparation. Say preparation. Like, I don't, I don't want to say what you tell me to say. You don't have to, but we're talking about preparation. Say consecration. So they didn't prepare, and what happened was they were attached to the other boat. The other boat was prepared, and they took them over. They took over the port. They conquered the Greek port, and they said, we can't do that again. That was a, that was a bummer. And um, I, I say that to, just, just to say that... Um, Preparation is so important. God knew this. Could you put that scripture on the screen in Joshua? It's like the best, uh, I don't know if it's the best, but one of the best books in the Bible. Um, do you have that Bible? Yeah. One of, the books of, uh, one of the best books of the Bible for like cool stuff that happened. Joshua. Um, he, God wanted to make sure that Joshua was prepared. And so he spoke to him all the time. They spoke together. Um, Often you wonder why you're not prepared. And um, I thank you, my brother, uh, Jay, for coming up today. Uh, and you wonder sometimes, I feel like I'm so unprepared at sometimes for what God wants to do in my life. And then he says, um, spend some time with me. You'll get prepared. You'll tell, he'll tell you what to do. Doesn't mean you have to go crazy, but um, he does. He's, and you know that. You know that. And uh, I, don't mean, I didn't mean to... Uh, there was God, God's doing some things in your life, and it's just beginning. It's just beginning, my brother, and I'm so proud of you. Um, but um, preparation is so important, and that's why Joshua knew what to say to the people. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, he said, Consecrate yourselves, my friends, for the Lord will do amazing things among us. For the Lord will do, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among us. You could just close right there and say, consecrate yourself tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. Great. Have a good day. That, that, that'll preach by itself. Just take that with you if that's all you want to take out of this today. But uh, Joshua knew this because he spent time with God. So um, I like the way Matthew Henry, there's a theologian that um, I look at a lot in his commentary. And he said this about uh, this scripture. He said, Joshua and the people were about to encounter uncommon instances of favor. So God pressed upon Joshua they, that they must do uncommon things to get ready. I don't want, I want uncommon favor, but I don't want to do uncommon things to get prepared. And some of you will stop right there and say, well, I guess I won't have uncommon favor because I'm not willing to do uncommon things to get prepared. And that's okay, but one of these days he will. Anyone here, though, if I asked you the question, would you like God to do amazing things among you? 
amazing things among you. Raise your hand. Not just the church, but just in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your job, in your finances, in your everything, right? The Lord, do you want Jesus to do amazing things among you? you? Want the Holy Spirit to work? Anyone waiting for uncommon favor? I just wish I had my promised land. I just wish I could see my prayers answered. I just wish this miracle would come to pass. I've been praying for it. How come it's not coming to pass? I'm not telling you a, a solution, a formula today. I'm just talking about what happened for these folks here. But let me tell you this. Here's the first point today. It was always in the Old Testament and the New Testament and has always been about worship. Worship on Sunday, worship on Wednesday, yes. Worship is a lifestyle though, right? Worship is a lifestyle you live, putting God first. It's always been about worship. I remember a a uh, professor I had, every it was called Old Testament uh, theology. And he said at the beginning of every class, it's always about worship. We're going to talk more today about worship. And then he goes into a story that happened in the Old Testament. If the people worshipped, then they received territory. If the people worshipped, they had land. If the people worshipped, they saw favor. Yes, there was opposition at the same time. We'll talk about that. But for the most part, it always has been and always will be about worship. Moses and the whiners, you remember those people, the Israelites? They, it was always about worship. Daniel, all through the Old Testament, you can name, it's always about worship. Paul and Silas, it was always about worship. It's no different today. This, word, this, this scripture is just as true today as it was then. Consecrate yourselves. I'm going to talk about what consecrate means, but consecrate yourselves. Everybody smile. I'm not mad. I'm just excited. I'm passionate. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you, among us. Consecration is a million-dollar word uh, that means, and you won't even have time to write it all down, but if you want to write some of this down, it's good. To make holy, to dedicate to God, to set apart. In scripture, consecration just involved just a few simple things. Repentance, confession, separating yourself, sanctification, ceremonial washing, sacrificing, hours and hours of sacrificing, lots of blood on the altar, drawing close, pursuing God, spiritual surrender, liter very, like, yeah, I'll just stop. It wasn't simple. Consecration wasn't a simple thing. When he said, we got to consecrate ourselves. I bet you there was 90% of the people that were like, oh, are you serious? Do you know what that means? Do you know the sacrifice that's going to entail? Do you know how many animals I have that I need to keep? And you're going to cause me to sacrifice them? Do you know that I don't have any place to wash all of my clothes? You want us to wash everything we have? You want us to wash our whole house? You're, gonna, you're really going to do this to us right now? We're in, we're in the middle of a battle. We're running. We're getting close to uh, a rock in a hard place because we're coming to the Jordan River at flood stage. And now you tell us, this is the time you want me to consecrate myself? Not good time. Not a good time, God. The weather's way too nice. I can't consecrate myself right now. In scripture, in, it involved a few things I, I talked about. Worship culture today, 1980, 1990, 2000, 2010, 2020, it's pretty similar in worship culture, but it's grown in such a way as that it suggests that all it takes for consecration is a nice song. All you have to do is do a nice song, do some nice lights, do some nice smoke. None of that is wrong, but it suggests that a single chorus can consecrate ourselves to God. And then we wonder, I want what Moses had on Exodus and Mount Sinai when the spirit fell and he came down the mountain and he came out of his consecration with God and everyone knew it. They couldn't look in his face because it shined so bright because he was in the presence of God. Why don't I get that when I sing above all glory? Why? There's nothing wrong with uh, 
doing a little consecration all the time. Sometimes we don't have the time. But that's not consecration. We, we, want, we, want, to, we want to see the glory of the Lord and we're disappointed because consecration, 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 I woke somebody up right then, requires blood, requires sweat, requires tears, requires toil, requires tough, it requires grit, it requires doing something hard. Are you going to tell us today we have to do that or tonight we have to? I'm just talking about worship. We can all be better at being sacrificed, uh, surrendered to Jesus. Paul understood consecration. Put up that scripture. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It might be in the, oh, you got it, in the amplified. I don't even know what that stands for. Classic, or I have the amplified classic edition. I don't know if this is the same. I'm going to read it in this and you follow along there. It's what the Amplified Bible does is it takes all of the different translations of the Bible. It, and, and what the NIV does is it takes it and it, put, and it decides what they're going to use. Uh, the Message Bible does that, all of them. They decide what they're going to use. This one doesn't decide. It just puts them all, puts all the words in there that it's said in the Hebrew or it's said in the Greek. And I'm going to read it from there because um, you don't want to miss one of the words when we simplify it because this scripture is not to be simplified okay romans chapter 12 verse 1 in the amplified classic edition it says this i appeal to you therefore brethren and sistren and beg of you in view of all the mercies of god to make a decisive dedication of your bodies presenting all of your members and faculties as a living sacrifice holy devoted consecrated and well-pleasing to God. This is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. We like to simplify that as much as we can. Present your bodies as a sacrifice to God. I love you, Lord. I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul rejoice. Thank you. I had my reasonable worship. It's not just your reasonable. It's your intelligent, your rational it's your spiritual, it's your sacrifice to God. But let me tell you, once you surrender, once you understand consecration, once we understand it, I wish I understood it better, right? We all could do better at being consecrated. But once we do, we can watch God do amazing things in your family, in your friends, in your neighbors, in your individual lives. Because you're consecrated. And it's a daily consecration. Oh my goodness, are you telling me it doesn't just, I can't just take care of it on one Sunday? One Wednesday night, one Tuesday Bible study? You'll watch God's hand in your life. But notice, notice when I say you consecrate yourself, the Lord will do amazing things among you. But it, it, I don't say consecrate yourself and your life will be easy either. Your life will be without problems. Your life will be without trials. We, um, we err in the church nowadays. Of, like You'd say a lot about grace and a little bit about judgment or a lot about judgment and a little bit about grace. We err because we want people to come to Jesus. So, so we might err and say, just come to Jesus. It's so easy. Just, it's just a matter of just stepping out and it'll be so easy. Jesus will come in your life. It'll be great. And the truth is, when you say, come to Jesus, if you want more people to come to the altar, do that. But really, you should say, come to Jesus. It's really hard. It'll be the hardest thing you ever do. It'll be the narrowest path you ever walk. You will have more opposition, more persecution, more loss of friends and appetite than you've ever had before. You won't have an appetite for certain things that you used to that you enjoy doing. They were delicious. They tasted delicious, but they made you feel like, but you don't do those anymore. Come to Jesus. I, I kind of got off track, but you know, come to Jesus. It's hard. You, we don't say that. We say, come to Jesus. It's easy. We love to uh, think it's easy. I wish all of us knew better that it's hard, but at the same time, it is easy. It's hard, but it's easy because Jesus said, it, your, my burden is light. But he also said, it's a narrow gate. He also said, it's like going through the eye of a, a camel, going through the eye of a needle. It's impossible. He said it's impossible. 
our mission statement says, uh, it's from that scripture that says, uh, God will do the impossible through us, meaning it's impossible, but it's easy because it's grace, because God has mercy, because God has his presence. Stay with me, all right? I have a lot to share, and we're we'll be finished at a pretty reasonable Reasonable time, I'm using the word from Romans 12, 1, your reasonable worship to God. Um, notice I didn't say life will be easy, but on your worship, and on your worship, if you keep worship at the top of your list, when you sail the treacherous waters, don't know where to go, your volatile future, I don't know what the future looks like. He holds the future, so I guess I'm okay. But when you're on your worship, you better put worship at the front. And if you do, then the waves and the wind and the other battleships, they won't mess with you because you got your priority right. Because it's all about worship. Which leads me to the next point, and that is this. In your preparation, understand... And this is a little bit of alliteration. I like this. You could have said it in a lot easier way. But the spoils are assorted with the struggles. Say that out loud. It's fun to say. The spoils are assorted with the struggles. Using the war analogy again, a warship sees victory in battle, right? But usually, it's not without some hits to the sides of the boat, as boats got progressed, they became made of iron and things like that, and then they were hard to sink. But when a ship came in that was ironclad and it came into the port and it had all kinds of knocks on it and all kinds of bumps and all kinds of whatever happens to a boat when it gets in battle, if it came back in, usually it won the fight because it didn't get sunk. And I would say to you today, I would say even specifically to one girl or one guy or, you know, that covers everyone in the room. I see you sailing. I should look at everyone. I don't know who this is prophesying to, but God wants to prophesy this to you. I see you sailing through life. It's seemingly, I got to get this right. I wrote it down. Seeming to hit, be hit on every side with one thing or another. I see some of you smiling. It's because God's speaking to you. I see you sailing through life, seeming to be hit on one side or another. But can I say to you, just because you've taken some hits doesn't mean you're sunk. You're not sunk. And because you've taken some hits, it's probably proof that you're winning. Because spoils are, it's like, the, the good part of a battle, the spoils are assorted with your struggles. If there's no struggles, you're probably not going to see a lot of spoils. There's so much I could say here. Another way to say this would be amazing things. If you're waiting for amazing things, well, I've seen plenty. I'm done. No, don't be done. Don't be done. Don't be done seeing amazing things. Amazing things don't happen without opposition. No thanks. No more opposition for me. I'm retired. <laughs> I don't need that. That's specific for someone. Don't say that. And ah, it's, it's a battle, isn't it? You're like, I know you're right, but I don't like that. I'm not going to do that. I'm retired. Don't you understand? This is what I do. I travel to see my grandkids, and I sit on my deck when it's 80 degrees. And when it's 80 below, I sit inside in my pajamas, and I drink hot chocolate. Ron. Yeah. Or coffee, right? Just because you're not give, just because you, you say, I don't want to give, uh, I'm kind of giving up. It, no, just, let me see, what do I want to say? Just because you're still keeping your hat in the ring doesn't mean it's going to be all like a crappy life, but it's going to be a lot more adventurous. That's not the way I wanted to say it, but it's going to be a lot more adventurous and you're going to see a lot more spoils. You're not done seeing the benefits God wants to bring to you. Amazing things don't happen without opposition. Here's the proof. Joshua chapter 3, after he said consecrate yourselves. 
then they gave them all, all kinds of like specific instructions, like very specific. This is what you need to do. Da, 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 da. Then he says this. Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. I got your attention. Joshua said to the New Songites and the Coloradoites, come here and listen to the words of your God. Move on. Um, verse 10 says this. Or do we have verse 10? Maybe see if it's on the next one. I'll read it if we don't. That's why you need to bring your Bibles. If you were really consecrated, you would. When I go to new churches or like visiting, I never bring my Bible. And I always like get so in, like, like the pastor's going to be looking. I promise I don't look at you for not bringing your Bible. But um, you think it, you feel it. It's because the Holy Spirit must be convicting you. No, you can look on your phone. Here it is. Joshua said, no, no, no. Verse 9 through 10. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that God is with you. This is how you'll know God is with you. You ready to see how you'll know? He will drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites. That's not a joke. That's really what they're called. The Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. There's lots of jokes you could do there, but I'm just going to stick with those. That's what they say. This is how you'll know that God's with you. He'll drive these out. The fact, listen, the fact that God drove them out, right, is proof that they were there. The struggles were there. The struggles were clear and present danger, and God drew, drove them out. Here's the thing, and this might be side note. This might mess up. Don't listen to this unless you want to add something to your brain. But I can only hold so much in my brain, but let me say this. I think that... Um, some of the opposition in areas of our life stays because the, some of the opposition stays. Some of the Hizite, Hittites, Havites, Ites, Ites. Some of those stay because we quit too soon. We quit maybe even before we even started. I'll just take, and this is the thing, you'll get to heaven. You will get to heaven if you ask Jesus, I confess Jesus as my Lord. You know you'll get to heaven. And that's the problem with uh, Christians, right? A lot of us just get to heaven on that, and God loves you just the same. Some barely even do that. They send their whole life, and then at their deathbed, they ask forgiveness, and Jesus, for some reason, forgives them. I wouldn't. Would you? But Jesus forgives them. Um, but, um, yes, so you can, you can get to heaven if you don't uh, enter the battle too much. But often, oppositions uh, in areas of our life will stay there, and you just have to deal with it because you quit. You quit too early. Perhaps can I submit to you, God won't drive out the ites because you didn't want to fight. Well, I don't have that many ites anymore in my life. You do. You still have them. They're still there. And maybe you're at the start of your walk with Jesus. Those ites are there. You can get rid of them real easy if you fight. Whew, what time is it? It, it? it parallels the verse in 2 Chronicles. We're good. 2 Chronicles 7.14. Everybody knows that verse. It's like the, the battle cry of America, Christians, evangelicals. If my people will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways... And uh, repent, yeah, then I will hear from heaven. I will drive out the ites in their life and I will hear their land. I will heal their land. We want this in our lives. This is, but this is my version, all right? My middle name is James. So I'm going to give you the Stephen James version. If you would pray, and you'll appreciate this, Brother Jeff, because this is not to you, but it's to others. Because he wrote, he made this, he made this shirt, and it was all based on 2 Chronicles 7, 14. This is my version. If you pray, this is not in the Bible, but it's kind of. If you pray, then I'd listen. If you'd fight, then I'd reward. But since you won't, I cannot. No struggles, no spoils. 
no worship, you'll take no territory. If my people. Joshua's spoils were assorted with an uncrossable river and many other obstacles. Just real quickly, um, in case you're sleeping, I'll just tell a story. doesn't need to be in here, but I will. It's like us as a church. Everybody listening? In Bible college, my professor said, you never say, um, I'm going to tell a story. You tell a story. So I'm just breaking the rules for a minute. I'm going to tell a story to get your attention. But the spoils come with the struggles. And um, this church, I remember when I came, it, was, it had already gone through all kinds of struggles. Can I hear an amen from someone that, yes, there's not that many that were here before, right? There was all kinds of struggles, right? They, they, you've had so many things that shouldn't have happened to you happen. And then I came and we, we were in this office building that was the size of the piano. And we tried to fit the piano in the building and it couldn't fit and we'd all stand around the piano and sing. That's how big the building was. I'm just exaggerating. But we were in the office building, and I loved it. And so did m many of you. We loved it. I'd say, oh, this is our foyer, and this is our sanctuary, and this is our office, and this is our kids' ministry. Oh, I passed up the nursery is right here. And here's our fellowship area. Yeah, that's what it was like. And... Um, and then uh, we loved it, but then God sold it out from under us, or our denomination sold it, and then we couldn't be in it anymore. And I was like, what do we do? And then, and maybe I'm mixed up in what happened next, but there's this real nice building, I don't know if you know where, where Zeal Church, where Zeal Church meets right now, and it was uh, a four-square building, and then four, and so we were going to go into this building, it was really nice, and um, then Foursquare sold the building, and we were and I was like, dudes, why'd you sell it? And um, I didn't see any spoils happening. I didn't see any great things. All I saw was struggles. And then we found a, a, a school that we met in for a while, and that was really cool. But it came with its own struggles, and, and we could, could only meet for two hours a week. And then we found this place that we could pay the same amount and meet all week long and do it. And so I love this place. And then you come on a Sunday in April right now, and all of a sudden it's, it's like 109 degrees, and so you have your struggles. But spoils come with struggles. And we glaze over the sentence. Um, uh, I got ahead of myself. We're going we're to look at this in Joshua chapter 3, verse 15 through 16 in a minute. But maybe you'd say today, I know spoils come with struggles. Maybe you understand that. But I'm tired. I'm tired of my struggles. I'm tired of holding on in my marriage. I'm tired of dealing with my kids. I'm tired of submitting to, we talked about Kairos last week, God's God, perfect timing. It's not Kronos time, it's Kairos time. He's got perfect time, the perfect season, the perfect opportunity for you. I'm tired of the perfect opportunity. I want it now. I'm tired of that. Maybe you would say, I'm worn out being faithful to his calling. And I would say this to you with a smile. My struggles with depression, sickness, addiction, fear, um, they all come there. They, you could call those the ite in your life. And you name the ite, um, it's time to fight for those things. You're like, seriously, that's your best <laughs> thing. Name the ite, it's time to fight. Well, look at David and Goliath. Look at Noah and the ark how they dealt with him. He had to deal with the ite in front of him. Look at the resurrection. Did it not come without a fight called the crucifixion? The last thing I want to say, we'll be out of here. You can come up just, just, just in one second. This is the last thing. One last principle of preparation. Um, it's all about worship. Spoils come with the struggles. And number three, circumstances don't change calling. After everyone consecrated themselves in Joshua, this is the last verse I'm going to read, listen. After they all consecrated themselves, Joshua chapter 3, verse 15, it says, now the Jordan is at flood stage. Okay? Everybody say, well, flood stage, right? The Jordan is at flood stage, and as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a great heap, a great distance away, and a town called Adam in the vicinity. While the water flowing down the sea, 
was completely cut off. And the people crossed over opposite of Jericho. <clears throat> we glaze over what happens in the Bible because we think it's fake or we just think it's a nice story. But it's not an easy sentence that happened first. It said, while the water was at flood stage, the priest risked his life. It doesn't mention that he risked his life, but it says that he took the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, which was like a very like sacred thing with some other guys, and it wasn't light. It was made out of gold, and if you touched it, you died, and they carried it on these sticks. And, and they just walked right into the water at flood stage. It didn't part like it did for Moses. Moses started to walk into it and parted. But they walked in as it was flooding and the water stopped. I don't want to make too much of this today to our lives. But circumstances shouldn't change what God calls you to do. Circumstances shouldn't change your calling. I'm reminded of Peter stepping into the waves. I'm reminded of Shadrach stepping into the furnace. They didn't stop. Peter didn't stop because he saw what was going on around him. And I would say this. When your warship, AR, is prepared for its mission, circumstances won't change your calling. Got it. Everybody smile. Ask Bill Middlebrook. When you go out, if the weather is bad... It doesn't matter whether the weather, whether the weather is bad. You go out and run, don't you, every day. This is Bill. He's not 20 years old. He's, I don't know how old he is, but he's older than 20, huh? 70? He's 70, uh, 78. Goes out every day, and he doesn't let the weather change whether he runs. I say this, before, you, uh, before COVID, you would have to go to work when you're sick. Now you don't have to, but um, often you'll go to church when you're tired. You'll go to church whether the weather is nice or not. You'll go to school whether you're tired or not. Um, certain things in your life you do because you have to. When we're settled about what we're doing, our convictions, our craft, our calling... The circumstances don't matter. You can come up, my brother. We're going to close today. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, help us to understand grit, toughness, willpower, but also help us to understand that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Help us to understand that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. He'll, he'll, he'll bring your resurrection because it's the same Holy Spirit in you. It's so important that we take seriously consecration because it prepares us for our circumstances. It prepares us for our surroundings. It prepares us for our job. It prepares us for struggles. It prepares us for marriage. It's all about worship. Spoils come with the struggles. Breaking comes with the blessing. Don't let, let, let life cause you to compromise his word to you because you don't understand the circumstances. What is God speaking to you today? It's more specifically, what's the Holy Spirit speaking to you today? What's he saying about a specific area? I've talked a lot today. But it really comes down to how it applies to each one of us. I'm tired. I'm tired of thinking. Just think with me for one second. Listen with me for one second. The Holy Spirit will be very clear right now to your heart. Sometimes he speaks in one word like, like our sister said last week. Sometimes he'll give you a whole plan. Sometimes he'll give you um, the Bible, and that's all he gives you. And he says, just follow what the Bible says. I don't need to give you any more specific words. I don't need to tell you where to turn left and where to turn right. 
Just listen to the Bible. Sometimes he'll speak through someone else to you. Sometimes he'll speak through the sunset, through the mountains, through the rain. Sometimes he'll speak through a song, through a secular song, through a Christian song, through a worship song. Lord, we just say we listen. We listen. We're open. If you tell us adopt a a child, we'll do it. If you tell us to foster a baby, we'll do it. If you tell us to give something away, we'll do it. If you tell us to let go of our control, we'll do it. If you tell us to jump in with both feet, we'll do it. If you say step into the Jordan River at flood stage, we'll do it. You say, I won't do it. Well, I'll pray for you. I'll break those, those fears for you. If he says, consecrate yourself, respond. We respond to you. We thank you, Jesus. Stand to your feet. We're out of here. Stand to your feet. Let's just say this prayer together. <clears throat> You're like, what's the prayer? It's this. Just say, Jesus, I surrender all to you. All to you. I'm listening. I'm open. <laughs> like, I'm kind of open. I'm willing. Make me able. With your spirit. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening Feel today. To stay Remember, as long as God you want, wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.